Welcome to Career Tools, everybody. This week, when not to take your phone. Here we go. So, Wendy, a bunch of people are going to be very angry when they find out <laughs> that you wrote the cast about when they cannot take their phone since they believe they have been surgically attached to their bodies for a number of years now. When I was writing that, I thought, isn't that funny? Because I remember not having mobile phones because I'm that old. And just the feeling when you, it, it's the same as putting your handbag down and not knowing where your wallet is. Yes. It's that, like, it's terror that, yeah. that I feel when I lose my phone. And, and we're just so attached to them. And the idea that someone else should tell you where to put them is not kind. Yeah, I, I think it's it's fair to say that young people have an advantage over you and I in the sense of, not having to have unlearned or relearned some of their normal behaviors. Although I also think they have a disadvantage in the sense that there are still reasonable rules of comportment. And I don't mean formal etiquette, but things that we engage in and things that we do not do that are designed to show respect for other people and organizations or just groups of people. And it makes for sticky situations. And you and I have talked about this numerous times about where people have their phones and how they interact with their phones. And we get a lot of pushback and, and um, we have problems. You know, it affects our ability to develop relationships. Yeah. Anytime you are looking at your phone or concentrating on your phone or thinking about your phone when you're supposed to be talking to someone and listening to them and having a conversation and, and developing a relationship with them, you're not doing it right, as they would say in the meme. Yeah, and, and um, I think it's fair to say that you're going to be challenged in this cast, um, and yet we respect that for some of you this will be a big change, and the question may become how important are relationships to you? Mm -hmm. And even though you allow that, uh, you say, well, everybody else does it in front of me and I don't mind, um, I, I would argue that may be true. And yet, at the same time, the strength of your relationship compared to somebody who puts their phone down may be distinctly different. Okay, so without further ado, what's our outline? Okay, so we've got four cases where we definitely recommend that you shouldn't have your phone. And um, there's other times that you can ex extrapolate from these. So don't think these are the only four times, but we're going to give you four examples to give you the kind of idea of when not to take your phone. So no phones at lunch. No phones in meetings, no phones during training, and no phones at home. At home. That's a big one. Now, when you say no phones, do, do you expect me to leave my phone on my desk when I go to lunch? No. I do think that there's a kind of there's a weaning off pro process where you the first the first time you want to do this, you you probably find it yourself incapable of putting it somewhere where you can't see it so turn it over put it on silent turn it over so you can't see it yeah. and don't look at it for the entirety of lunch and then the next time put it in your pocket on silent with no vibrate or put it in your bag and don't look at it i think because of the connection we have because it we there's something now in our brains that says i'm bored where's my phone where's my phone um that it actually takes some effort to it's like learning a new oh. habit oh, so you on. will we've, have to take it gently we've mentioned before i'm sure on both cast manager tools and career tools that uh, i've joke and i know i've joked with audiences have you ever reached down and touched your pocket or or uh for a guy particularly reach down and touch your trouser pocket thinking oh i just i absolutely just felt my my leg buzzing yeah. your phone's not in your pocket well yeah 
your leg didn't buzz, but your brain told you your leg buzzed because it's so used to it and it wants it, it's it's been trained that that's what your phone does. Um, okay, so you start with no phones at lunch. Yeah, and when we're talking about phones, we also mean tablets and laptops and Google Glass and whatever has been invented since we wrote this cast. If you're <laughs> listening in, I couldn't think of it. You know, if you're listening in. 2034, I'm sure there's something else that we haven't even thought of, but any kind of technology gets between you and the people you're with when you're trying to have an in-person Because the person when they were born didn't have technology in their hands. And when you're engaging with your technology, you're not engaging with the other person fully. Now, I didn't say you're not engaging with the other person at all, because I know some young people have told me, no, Mark, that's the way me and my friends talk and we're doing this and doing that. But what we say in the cast is any kind of technology gets, gets between you and the people you're with when you're trying to have an in-person conversation. You may be comfortable that you don't intend to be distracted. You may say, you know, Mark, actually, it's great. I get to Google things. I, I look things up. We Wikipedia things. We, you know, it's very helpful to us. Does anybody remember the name of that movie? And it actually enhances our relationship. And, and you can, in fact, relate to someone and then say, Okay, and I'm going to look at my phone for a minute, but then I'll be back. Mm -hmm. um, we're not suggesting, again, leaving your phone at your desk while you go out to lunch with everyone else, but there's a difference between keeping it in your hand, keeping it on the table, looking at it every 30 seconds. Yeah, and, doing, and, and using it for something specific, like yeah. picking something up or whatever. Some examples without technology. If you think about you're in a big group milling around before a big meeting, right. and you're telling someone about your exciting weekend, and they look over your shoulder, and they appear to be listening to the person who's having a conversation with somebody else exactly. behind you. Yeah. It's rude, and it makes you feel bad. It may like, like, I was talking. Why are you listening to him? It's disrespectful to the other person. And when, folks, when I say disrespectful, I don't mean to the role, to the power. Uh, I don't mean respect to authority or organizational issues. I mean respect to the other person. When someone is talking to you, you're supposed to look at them and listen. In fact, as we've said before, communication is what the listener does. So if somebody's talking to you and you're looking at somebody else over their shoulder, there's no communication going on. You're not doing your job in terms of the conversation. Or, you know, if you go to dinner with someone and they get distracted by another table and what the wait staff are doing. Or yeah. if you're somewhere where there's one, like, um, in, often in airport terminals, you're sitting with someone that you're traveling with and you're having a conversation and the, the, they have the 24 new 24 hour news on the TVs, like every so many seats. And they say something and you look at the TV and the person's still talking. Any of the, any of those examples, those types of things make us feel underappreciated and unwanted and right. like chopped liver, as my mother would say. In addition to that issue of the feeling, it, significantly cuts down on communication. The idea that you can have a conversation with me while also watching TV over my shoulder or the equivalent, having a different screen, your phone in front of your face and typing on the phone is ludicrous. You may think you can do both, but the likelihood that you'll catch subtlety, that you'll be fully engaged in the conversation is zero. By definition, it's zero. I remember very clearly you mentioned the example of a TV and the TV resonates with me simply because it's another screen. And I remember mm -hmm. reading several years ago about the issue of multiple screens, which I hadn't experienced yet, but now I'm seeing, and now I've been made aware of it. And so I see it happening all the time with a TV on and somebody with a laptop or an iPad or their phone 
some other tablet. And my experience was went to lunch with a client. We went to a grill nearby and we sat next to the bar and we were all getting ready to sit down. He says, no, no, I want to sit here. I want to, I want to watch this, the, the highlights because there was a, a TV above the bar. We were in the grill portion of the bar grill and he could see it and he wanted to watch highlights. And so as we sat down, I started talking to somebody else and he says, wait, 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 but you know, I, I have a point of view on that. And I said, oh, okay. He says, and then he said to me in a minute or two later in a little conversation, why aren't you including me? I said, because you said you wanted to watch the TV. And he <laughs> said, and he, what he said to me fairly was, I can do both. And I said, okay, so you want to do what you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, I want to do both. I said, well, unfortunately, I want to do what I want to do. And I only want to talk to people who want to be fully involved in the conversation since, in fact, in this case, they were paying for my advice and what I was recommending they do was different than what they were doing. And I expected to have their full attention and didn't want there to be a miscommunication. He wanted to do what he wanted to do and felt that that was appropriate. But I wanted to do, me wanting to do what I wanted to do was inappropriate. And I asked him later, I said, look, you're the client, so you can do what you want. He says, it has nothing to do with that. But what I was doing is not inappropriate. But what you're doing is inappropriate. And I said, well, I just, I just disagree. Um, yeah. Yeah. And look, if you want to build relationships with people, and we would tell you that's the single most important thing you will ever do in your career, you're going to have to engage in behaviors that the average person likely would then therefore feel important and wanted by you. Relationships are not simply frequency. They're also the likelihood that the frequency will continue, which is largely based, unfortunately, for at least half the world, if not three quarters, people's emotional state about the relationship. You know, I've talked about Bill Clinton before, having met him, and he is fabulous at making people feel like they're the most important person in the room. And he has great relationships with people. And even if you disagree with his politics, the guy is masterful at creating and maintaining relationships. I doubt seriously Bill Clinton talks to people and looks at his phone. I really doubt. I, I could <laughs> I be, somebody can email me and say, I, I know the Clintons well, and he does it all the time and so on, but I'd really be very surprised if that's the case. Now, and I'm sure some of you will write in and say, well, Mark, the issue is because he's older. And I would, I would say, yeah, okay, I get that. Uh, and old people and young people today have to coexist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you don't yeah. want to go through your life telling them, well, I, I do this because I'm young. <laughs> yeah, because eventually you'll be old and then you'll look stupid. So what you're suggesting is we're not going to look at our phones as much or at all. Uh, we're not going to look at our phones at all while we're at lunch with people. We're going to concentrate on the person or people that we're with because the relationship will grow more quickly if we're actually listening to what people are saying. And if you actually listen and look at people while, you, while you're talking to them, you not only get the words they say, but you get all the subtext too. And that's one thing that people always say to me, it's like, how do you know that? Because I was listening and I heard it. Right. And it wasn't in the words that people said. It's in the body language and all the other things that you can pick up if you're listening and concentrating on a person. And it's good for us to have some technology free time. If you doubt that, read the stuff about um, the comparison between heroin and technology. It sometimes gives you a buzz and it sometimes doesn't. And that's the most addictive behavior that something can give you. So we, it's a literal addiction that some of us have. So trying to break that every now and again is a good thing to do.
Yeah, I also think to some degree this is just asserting one's dominance over one's technology. Like, I really don't need you. It's like the people who are quitting smoking and they carry a cigarette around in their pocket and they take it out every once in a while and say, who's bigger, you or me? Oh, I guess I am. And they put the cigarette away. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah. And we know, again, guys, we're making light of the fact that we know this will be uncomfortable for you, but greatness isn't easy. Heaven knows how to put a price on its goods. Everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die. If you want a great career and all you do is text in front of your friends and your story you're telling yourself at lunch is this is how people my age do it or this is okay, I can assure you that's not the case. And even among your friends, if it is the case that they do it, you are creating weaker, less robust relationships with people that will then not serve you as well in times of crisis and not help you develop the kind of professional relationships that will allow you to strengthen your career over time. And if there's really something going on at work or something going on at home, you know, if, if your child is in surgery and your, wife, uh, your spouse is with them and they're going to call when the child comes out of surgery, then absolutely, you can have your phone on the table turned up and waiting for that call. But that should be one, exceptional, and two, you can say to the people, I'm so sorry, I'm going to have to have my phone out because my child is in surgery. But if you if you find yourself making that excuse or making an excuse more often than not, then you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself, yeah. Okay, second thing you said was no phones in meetings. No phones in meetings. So the behavior that I've noticed is when there's a meeting, we pick up the papers we need, we pick up a bag or a wallet, and we pick up the phone because... Yeah. We go everywhere with our phone, and it's become something that we never go anywhere without. And people say to us, okay, so I need my phone in the meeting because something might happen that I need to know immediately. Well, once upon a time, people, we had desk phones that were tied to the desk, and we left the phones behind, and our colleagues answered them because there wasn't even voicemail then either. Yeah, because I'm like that old. And so either your colleague answered and took a message, and if it was urgent, they came and got you. If the building is, you know, burning down, if all the servers have gone down, if, you know, a plane's crashed, if, you know, if, if something dire has happened that can't wait another 59 minutes, because if you're in an hour-long meeting, it, it's only 59 minutes once you've got in, then someone will come and get you. You can safely leave your phone behind or in your pocket and on silent. Yeah, and let me say something else. There are some people who simply will, will refute this and say, no, I need my phone. That recalls to me right now, based on what I know of our listenership, the comment Winnie made about your phone and heroin. You need your heroin. There are probably a few people for whom this is not true, but if you listen to Wendy and I or Mike and I for a while, and we've developed any trust with you. Here is what my life experience has shown me relative technology before and after phones. You, sir or ma'am, are not the person who are so indispensable, who is so indispensable that you need your phone. You're not. Your job is not the one job. Even if you're the special assistant to the CEO, you're not the one job that you have to have it. If you're telling yourself in your mind right now, I have to have it, you're lying to yourself 
and therefore, in our opinions, limiting yourself. I know that's hard to hear, but you don't need your phone. There are exceptions. But if you go to a meeting and you tell yourself you need it, and then you realize you're just getting random texts about things that can look. If your friends text you and say, "Hey, by the way, we're going to the bar at 4:30," you didn't need that, and that text will be waiting for you when you get back to your desk. Yeah. If there is a call that's more important than the meeting you're in, why are you in the meeting? Like, follow your priorities, and you should be on the on on a call or or waiting for that call at your desk and have excused yourself from the meeting. Well, what's funny about that is our conferences, Winnie. I mean, people come to our conferences and maybe one person every three conferences has to get up to take a phone call. How is it possible? People aren't changing their voicemails, even though we recommend it, saying, I'll be unavailable today. And so they're getting voicemails. They're getting emails. And there are many cases shocked that the management training or the communications training they went to is so good that they feel now they have something that's more interesting than all that other stuff. But clearly, a training that they weren't certain was going to be great, they find out it's more interesting, and then they don't check their phones for hours at a time. Clearly, that's not they need their phones. Okay, what about family? So family, family, people say, my family might need you or need me in order to create another get out yeah. clause. It's, a, it's an excuse for yourself. Look, ask yourself, how many times has my family called in the last month and it's been urgent, something that couldn't wait an hour while I was in a meeting or an hour while I was doing something else? The answer is not often. You know, if you take your kid to school in the morning and he's looking a bit peaky, Right. Then, by all means, have your phone out all day because the likelihood of him being, you know, the nurse calling or somebody calling from the school and saying, I think he should be at home, is higher. But on an ordinary day, the likelihood of your the school phoning you is low. And what's more, schools nowadays have multiple numbers to call, or if they don't, make sure they have. So they can call you or they can call a friend or they can call another parent or whatever. It doesn't have to be you. So again, if you're if you're telling yourself the only reason I have my phone out all the time and I have it on ring all the time and I take it to all these meetings is because my child might need me, you are deluding yourself. Yeah, and I think this brings up the whole point of understand the difference in the world between want and need. You don't need a particular color of car. You might want it, but you don't need it. In fact, there's a there's a website I think called Wanilo, which is want need love. Mm-hmm. Great. Just the idea that need is there, it softens the idea that need is an imperative the way should is an imperative. What about note taking? It's you know the people tell us it's fast for them to take notes on a laptop or a tablet during meetings. Yeah. Right. And unless you're taking minutes, you actually don't need to type or write that fast in meetings, right? If you're taking notes about action items, I need to do X. It's one sentence, and you can write that while the next person's introducing what they're about to say. Yeah, and to be clear, Wendy said minutes, but really, we don't recommend, and almost no company takes minutes of meetings. If you're taking minutes, you're not actually not, unless you're following the parliamentary order procedures. Minutes are a very specific thing. What you're doing is taking notes. All you have to do to prove to yourself that notes are not, don't require the level of detail that typing constantly during the meeting is, is look at everybody else's notes during the meeting, the successful people, the unsuccessful people, whatever, all the different levels, and you realize everybody's taking different notes. 
Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, the idea that typing notes is good has been refuted so completely. All it has done is proven that people's interest in typing on their technology is not about the technology. It's, about, it's not about the notes. It's about the person's addiction to the technology. Sorry, guys. Harvard Business Review, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, all kinds of studies would show handwritten notes are way better and you don't need your technology. You don't. You might have to take your notes and put them into your action, your task action list. So you, you have to do them twice. Okay. But the first time you were in the meeting anyway, so you weren't going to do anything more productive than writing down your, your action items. And the, the second time it's going to take you like, even if you've got 10 action items, it would take me less than five minutes and i waste five minutes wandering around the house or wandering around the office thinking about whether or not i want another coffee so that five minutes is you know you're not wasting any time right because you're not that efficient five nice. minutes waste is not waste yeah and uh, you know people say oh i need to I need to type up my notes no you don't you could take a picture of your handwritten notes and put them in evernote there's all kinds of systems that you wouldn't have to type up your notes. Now you might say, well, but I want to be able to search for them on my laptop. So search for them by date or learn a different technique for characterizing or for, for uh, archiving your notes that doesn't require typing since typing is an inefficient form. And for those of you, again, who say you type faster than you write, it's not the speed of your capture that matters. It's the strength of the memory, and your brain doesn't store text. It stores pictures. When you handwrite notes, your brain doesn't remember the letters that you wrote. It remembers the picture of the words on the page. That's why you, if you think about where was that in a book, you think top left-hand page. And you, you can't say how far through it was necessarily, but you know it was on the left-hand page and it was near the top. Right. And, and not taking your phone or your other technology with you to wherever you're going does introduce risk, sure, right? It does. Like for all of those who, of you who think in terms of risk reward, there is a risk. But what's the risk compared with the benefits of being fully invested in the meeting? You can't, nobody can argue that the risk is higher than the, the value of the relationship. Yeah. Building. And the risk is, it can be proven in a different way too everybody's forgotten their phone at home or they've left it on oh, their desk yeah. or they've left it in their gym bag or they've done this or that and they came back it's probably happened to anyone who has at least a year's worth of experience in the workplace 10 times if not 20 times and in all 10 of those times how many times were you in trouble enough that there was a significant problem or you missed something so urgent that someone was hurt or a, a significant deadline was missed or a headline was created and the answer is zero among all the listeners of manager tools yeah. so seriously guys sorry it's like everyone <laughs> okay you also said no phones during training okay so we hear the same kind of reasons for technology and training as we do for technology and meetings i think i might miss something my, i might miss my kids i might miss right. an urgent call for my boss all those sorts of and again, there's a marginal risk of something bad happening. There is, like we'll confess to that. But it's tiny compared with the benefits of concentrating on the training. Like you only get this one day to learn whatever it is you're learning. You only get this one day to hear everything and to process it and to internalize it 
and you might have paid 500 a thousand two thousand dollars for it and you want to waste it by looking at texts or looking at random emails from security telling you not to let people through the door because that's the kind of random emails i used to get when i worked in an office you know you got you know emails about whose turn it was to wash the cups up in the kitchen things like <laughs> and you're and you're looking at that while you're in training it's ludicrous to use yeah. your words yeah and and again i think part of the reason training is a place is because the the assumption about training is it's not going to be useful and if you have that assumption it's probably going to be true um and we're not suggesting that we're saying this in a self-serving way. I mean, you're probably, some of you are probably drawing that conclusion, and we apologize for that. But if you're going to spend time and money both, most situations, we either spend time or we spend money, but not both. If you're going to spend time and money both, it seems particularly crazy to then further that, that value away. And again, if, unless you're, new, you're learning a new system or something that's very hands-on, you probably don't need to take that many notes. You'll be given a handout, you can make some notes on the handout. Right. The handwritten notes and their relation on the page to the stuff that was already there that was provided for you is a much better memory for you than the notes yep. that you might have typed or whatever. So, and I don't know about you, but every now and again, if, if, there's, a, if there's a website, if there's a phone near me, and I'm slightly bored, and my favorite website is available to me, the itch to see what's happening on there, because it's one of those that constantly updates, is really strong. It's much better for it to be in my bag, and then I'd have to make a big noise to get it out, right. and I'm too embarrassed to do that. So. Yeah, I, speaking of noise, there are a lot of keyboards who make a lot of, that make a lot of noise when people type, but hey, that's just me. Okay, we also said no phones at home. No friends at home, yeah. So we, well, oh, I read lots of careers and management blogs and Q&A type things and people say, my boss phones me at home, my boss phones me at 10 o'clock at night, he texts me, um, she expects me to answer at four in the morning, whatever. And equally, there's, a, there's complaints that I don't have time enough for my hobbies, I, I'm missing my children growing up, whatever. There's an easy answer for that put the phone away and concentrate on being at home when you're at home. That that feeling of when you're at work, you're thinking about home, and when you're at home, you're thinking about work. That's what drives you to feel like you're never in one place. When you're at home, concentrate on being at home. And well, it also drives you to feel unfulfilled. Yes. Right? Yeah. And and depending on the on the laws, the labor laws in your country, you may be considered have to be considered available when you're even when you're not at work. For some people, that's true, but that doesn't mean you have to be tied to your phone. It doesn't mean you have to answer it within five minutes. If you check it once an hour, that's enough. And don't feel the need to reply to anything that isn't urgent. If somebody emails you a pr a presentation. At eight o'clock at night, because that's when they chose to do it. But there's no, uh, you know, it's not going to be presented for another week. There's no reason to look at it right then. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I just thought of something. I don't see people. I could be wrong. I'm fairly myopic at the gym, but I don't see people checking things at the gym when they're lifting weights, when they're on the treadmill. I guess some people are listening to music on their phones. That's very popular and. 
maybe they're getting text messages, but I don't see them. Again, totally maybe myopia. I'm listening to music and reading the Wall Street Journal. If I'm on an elliptical machine, reading the Wall Street Journal on my Kindle software on my iPad, and I don't pay that much attention, but I think I would have noticed if a lot of people were sending a lot of texts or emails or so on or talking on the phone while they were working out. And so if you're a young person or an old person and you go to the gym for an hour and a half or two hours, are you really checking your phone every 15 minutes? I would actually argue that you're not. And what you're doing is saying, when I have nothing else, it bugs me that I have to keep my phone available. And then you feel like you can blame your boss and his or her unreasonable assumptions about your availability to not then be present with your family. And I would argue that when you're in a movie for two hours, I'm not saying you would go to movies every night, but clearly a movie where there are rules that you have to abide by or they'll kick you out of theaters nowadays in 2014. If your boss texts during that time, you're, you're not going to answer it. And, and then I would argue something else. What is the risk if your boss gets angry? And I, I would say that you're probably blowing the risk out of proportion, mm-hmm. or maybe you're working for a boss you ought not to work for anymore. You need to start saving up your money, polishing up your resume, and going to work somewhere else. Because there are all kinds of jobs that are very demanding and during which you can turn off your phone for two or three or four hours at night. And by the way, those of us who have worked long hours and had very busy and successful careers, we're not impressed. I don't know if you realize that. I'm not impressed by people who say, well, I'm on the phone all the time at night. Really? You're married and have kids yeah. and you're on the phone then, all the time Then you're bad at time management. So in other words, your spouse really isn't the most important person in the world to you. I mean, I know this isn't family tools, but gee whiz, folks, if you're married and you have kids, the order of your life is spouse, your non-spiritual life, it starts spouse and then kids, and then work. And and maybe there's another layer of family in there, depending upon what your relationship is with your broader, broader family. And I'm divorced, and I don't recommend it. And the idea that you're blaming your boss for your own behavior suggests that you ought to have a different boss, or you ought to change your behavior. And it's been my experience for the last 25 years that telling people to do the things that put their family first, you end up with a big, fat, nothing blows up when you start putting your family first and putting your phone down. There is a fear that something is going to happen, but when you actually try it for a day, two days, three days, four days, five days, 10 days, two months, suddenly it's not really there. And the people who you admire and respect who have good balance in their lives, and of course it's not balance, it's putting your family first, a la the yellow peanut M&M, they'll look at you and say, yeah, I knew it, and I tried to convince you, but you didn't get it. But now you get it, and hey, I've known it all along, right? Welcome to the club. Yeah. It's a good, it's a pretty small club nowadays, but it's yeah, a good club. it is. Yeah, and the other thing that we hear people doing is saying, "I want to catch up with my email after the kids are in bed," which sounds logical, right? The kids are in bed. I can't talk to them. Maybe you, your your spouse isn't there for they've gone out, or they're just not there in the house with you, and you think. I'll do email. And what happens when you send email? You get replies. So now you're interrupting somebody else's evening because they think that all email is urgent too. And you're extending the time it's going to take you to do email because you're now going to have to reply to the replies you sent. And then there would be another reply. And now you're on a treadmill of finishing doing email 
after the kids have gone to bed at eight o'clock until midnight. Right. And probably complaining about it. Yeah, I, I would argue that when you're at work, day to day at work, you don't say, I'm going to take an hour out of my work day and do family errands every day. No. Right? You don't. And so the idea that you will do an hour's worth of work errands after your kids go to bed is essentially the same thing in reverse. I wouldn't do it. I would put my family first. Now, if you would say, I feel that I have to, then essentially what you're saying is, my work trumps my family. If there's a question, my work trumps my family. And then you're just like all those companies who say people are a most important asset and then treat their people like crap. Those are not the places you want to work. There are places who actually do believe their people are the most important asset and treat them that way. Um, and they're, by the way, very competitive and very successful. But you're putting your work above your family. You have a choice and you're choosing work. And that's okay. But stop talking to your friends and saying your family outranks your work. Your behavior and your fear of losing your job is driving you to put your work first. And the fear is yours. Nobody else causes you to feel that. It's all yours. How you feel is your fault. Yeah. So if you must answer emails after hours, then set the settings so that they're not sent until the morning so that you can answer all the emails, but they don't get sent. So you don't get replies and you don't get on that treadmill and then move to the three times a day method of answering emails, which we have a cast about. You only answer it in the morning, at lunchtime, and before you go home, and all of a sudden, you won't have any emails in yeah, the evening. exactly. The other issue, yeah, the, the issue with emails in the evening is people say, well, I'm answering emails in the evening. Yeah, I've asked some people. I've looked over their shoulders, um, and what they're doing is answering emails from 9 and 10 in the morning and 1 and 3 and 4 in the afternoon that they didn't finish before they went home. They wanted to leave work earlier and then do email at night. Or they do email, but they don't get it all done because they don't time limit their email and push to get it all done. And the answer is not that you don't have time to get it done at work. The answer is you're inefficient at work about email. And that's why Wendy mentioned the cast about email three times a day. And you're doing email at home, taking your time away from your family because you're inefficient. Uh, I know you want to, but it's also because you're inefficient and you feel guilty. And we would encourage you to behave differently at work so that you can protect the time at home. And what this also does is help you be more focused at work as well. Okay. Okay, wind us up. Yeah. So no friends at lunch, no friends in meetings, no friends during training, and no friends at home, and no phones at any other time that you can extrapolate from that those four that is a similar situation. Yeah. You leave your phone behind. You think that's controversial. It's not because it's efficiency. It's because it's emotional. You're tied to your phone and your need to be needed. But the benefits of not being tied to your phone in terms of how you interact with it behaviorally are much greater than the risk of not having your phone. Start small if you have to, but work to a place where you can say, I don't need my phone. Because the fact is, you don't. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Hope we didn't ruffle too many feathers with this cast. Maybe we rattled your cage a little bit. We'll see you next week.